And nine times out of ten, you probably take a touch and then look to strike or cross. But yeah. as it comes to me, I just in step and I just hit it, and it was true, and it was parallel to the ground. And by the time it it went to the goal, the goalkeeper was off him diving. He got gloved to it, but it went inside, and and he went in the net as well. And um, yeah, it was a great strike. You know, you, you don't always hit them like that, and it was a great strike. And um, yeah, just ran off and celebrated. Welcome to the latest episode of Wearing the Red and Green. In this week's show, I speak to former player and reserve team manager Kevin Hill. Kevin's various spells at Windsor span from the late 70s all the way through to that winning FA Vars goal away at Folkestone and Victor in 1995. We discuss various league titles, FA Cup runs, his disappointment at being suspended for that FA Vars semi-final at Wickham, together with the trial he had up at Newcastle United. I hope you enjoy the episode. Kevin, thank you so much for joining the podcast. It's brilliant to have you on. How, how are things? Yeah, very well, going very well. As I say, I said to you before, and I had a cricket match today with the, with the school I work for. So, um, yeah, we managed to win that one. So, um, yeah, the weather's good. So for sport at the moment, yeah, it, it's great. Yeah, it's great news, yeah. I uh, love that. Now, listen, I want to start the show by rewinding the clock all the way back to 1977, which is the year I was born, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but um, how going back to 77, like, how did the move to, to, to Windsor come about? Like, how did your journey at Windsor start? Um, I was playing at Wildstone FC um, at their old stadium. I think it was called Kingsmead. Uh, Kingsmead. Yeah. Um, yeah, the first team were in the Alliance Premier, which would be a conference these days. Yeah. Um, and I went there as a youth youth player playing there, you know, the FA Youth Cup and, and whatever. We had a fairly good side. Um, and then outgrew that and went into the reserve team um, and then managed to start to make inroads into the first team. I mean, Alan Fogarty was the manager. Viv Evans was the reserve team manager. Yeah. Um, and the you know, away games, you know, up at Telford United, Jeff Hurst was playing manager. That was his first job, I think. So uh, that was like a good a good um a good experience of starting to get into first team football, yeah. And was it and then how how did it get to, to Windsor from Wildstone? Well, I knew John Mitchell and John was there. I'd never even heard of Windsor and Eton. And then right. things were the you know, the manager had uh, had left and you know the, a new guy come in and I wasn't particularly getting on well with him he was too critical all the time and you know I just uh, you know it was it was, being, it was being tough going in each week and he suggested come across to meet Brian so I, I come across um, looked at the ground didn't even know it was there liked the look of the ground and just thought well I'll make a change and see you know see how things go but um, yeah that was it it was John Mitchell's introduction to Brian Caterer yeah and what was, I guess, kind of some of the attraction? Because I think, if I remember rightly, at the time, Windsor were, we, you know, we weren't putting up any trees at, at the point that you joined. What was kind of that attraction? Like, how did Brian and Brian and Colin sell it to you? Um, well, it was more Brian. I mean, Colin was, yeah, but I mean, Brian was more of the, the talker at that side. And he was an honest man. I, I like Brian. He, he, he would back you. He would run for a wolf. You're if you showed loyalty to him. Yeah. Um, you could tell, and he was passionate, and you know, during the game, after the game, and I just find him a, found him a very fair man. Um, and so, yeah, I, I wanted to go there. Um, I was a young lad, and when you you know get you started to play there, um, the experienced players took to me. So you must be doing something right, otherwise the experienced players um, mm-hmm. don't accept you. Yeah, but there was a few yeah, others that come. Gary, Gary, Gary Churchhouse, Phil Duff, come from Uxbridge. Andy Painter come in from Reading. I think he was released from there. Um, Steve Adams come in. Um, Gary went to Charlton Athletic. He signed for them. Steve signed for Cambridge United. So there was like a, you could tell that they was trying to turn things around and, and pretty fast as well. Yeah, and, and and pretty fast. We 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 started to be successful going on to win the Athenian League Cup double, first round properly FA Cup, FA Vars, quarterfinals, semi-finals. 
Red Star, Belgrade, etc. How good was that squad? Um, well, we lost the Athenian League Cup, and that was at home uh, to Alton, and that's when Bob Ross joined. Latterly, Chris Yates joined. Um, and Billy Ricky Town were the big team. I mean, they had massive support. They would come to us on a Tuesday evening and they would bring sort of 1,500 um, oh. away game. It was But Burnham were, at that stage, Burnham had their noses in front of Windsor. And so they were seen as like, you know, a team that we needed to try and catch up with. Um, but the, as I say, when Bob Cum and Ross and Chris, um, a few others were added. Roger Harris stayed. I mean, a few of the other experienced players went. Um, and then you could just feel that it started to gel together. Um, I mean, the one match that I feel that I thought this is going to take off was the Tottenham Mitchum um, away match in the cup. And um, we just we just destroyed them. We matched them. We outplayed them. We outfought them. Um, and it was like you after the game, you just thought, "Oh, this, this, this is you know we're, we're going somewhere." And to put that game into context, like they were Ithmian Premier, weren't they? Yeah, and obviously, they we were, were yeah. I mean, you know, in the Al- Alma Swanley match um, was was a big one as well, and also the Hungerford game was a big one. Um, and there was just you know when when, when we started, you, 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 and we was doing well in both cups. You were just looking around to see who you were going to get next, and there was no fear. Um, I mean, you got to have winning mentality in in a team, and I think we had that in abundance. And um, if you lost, we picked ourselves up and got back on with it. But I think we was enjoying ourselves as well. That was the thing. Yeah, no, totally, totally. And so many of the um, the other players from that era say, you know, very similar stuff. Now, a couple of a couple of big games, which I know others have spoken about, like. In the FA Cup, and you you alluded to, you know, some of the game the game against Tutin, but that Wimbledon FA Cup run, a lot of players were saying of all the cup runs that was kind of one of their favourites, just because of as you say we beat Tutin early on, but like literally every round we were beating big teams, culminating in yeah. the Wimbledon game. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was big teams, and you don't look back. The only time you know is when you look back of what league they was in and what league we was in. Mm. And um, it's it's hard to believe, really, that you was going there away or at home and, you, you know, you was you was beating these teams and getting great results. But the Wimbledon game, yeah, I mean, it was... Um, we was close at half-time. I mean, it was, it was uh, you know, it was a close game. But then the second half, uh, I think they scored a couple of quick goals and that, and that took it away from us. I mean, I managed to score, you know, I got the second one for us. Um, but um, in them days as well, you'd get telegrams. You know, there was no phones and whatever else. You'd get telegrams that you was opening up before the game. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it was uh, you know completely different era. But Wimbledon were an ex non-league team as well, so we fancied our chances going there. We didn't think, oh, they were a big, you know, like a professional side. We was going there thinking, well, they was non-league a couple of years ago, and um, we could give them a game. Yeah. Now, and other games during that that period was the two FA Vars runs. We'll come on to the Wickham bit later, but um, what, what do you remember about kind of that first season when we got to the quarterfinals and um, obviously then the second season, you mentioned a few games like Hungerford. Yeah, I mean, the Gisborough one, um, again, we probably going into the unknown when, when you get to that stage in the cup because you can be drawn anywhere and um, travelling that distance was you know something new. Um, but it was it was at December and it was or January and it was snowing up there and uh, you just feel that any other time a ref would have done something about it because we come in at half time when we was in the game and then they cleared all the snow out of their eighteen yard box um, that they the goal they was attacking in and just left ours alone and we come out and said to the ref well that's you need to do, you wouldn't do nothing about it and um, you know it was so amateur I mean it wasn't professional but the ref refused to do anything about it and things like that. And sometimes tip the balance in games, yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Totally. Was there a strong belief that you could go all the way that year? Yeah, yeah, for definite, yeah. Um, you could smell Wembley. And, um, yeah, you know, when you lose a game like that, I mean, it's hard to to uh, pick yourself back up again. And that's the other thing when you, when in these games, when you did lose, you got to have players that, 
just get back on to get, get back out there and and um don't dwell on it and get back out and go for another league win or another cup you know cup win in, in the FA Cup or whatever he was in um and you need to you needed to have players like that and, and we we did yeah we did well totally as I say like the following season we got obviously all the way to the semis in the Vars how disappointing gutting with those two semi-final games for you having to watch those from the sidelines because of suspension yeah it was um it was horrible um yeah i watched the home game i got sent off at i think it was hodderson away um for fighting it was on the halfway line there was an incident that this guy got involved in down by the goal line and i said something to him you know you know he's out of order and that was it we just started punching each other and um, it was just odd though, because when the FA gave the bands out, it was those those two games, and you just again think I'm not saying it was fixed, but to give me those two games, it was just a, a really bizarre, a really bizarre uh, decision. But yeah, I travelled up there as well. Um, I was watching. I mean, there, there was I was in the dugout, and there was supporters standing on dugout and jumping up and down it was it was really unruly around the edge of the pitch um but i was just looking at my position and i feel i felt in my stomach if i was playing that i probably would have had an impact on the right side of midfield i'm not saying that that would have helped but i just knew that position and the players around and i just was sitting there thinking i you know i really missed out here and i could have done something to you know to help get the result on that point yeah and I and I guess when you are in that situation, you're just I mean you're living every ball right, thinking you know what if, what if, and as you say, when you feel when you know inside you, your gut's telling you, you just know that you could make a difference. Um, yeah, you know, had to have been that horrible feeling. Yeah, and then the travelling back, you know, it was a big distance yeah. as well, travelling back. But I mean, some you know, after a game, you can start to loosen up a little bit, and um, we on. In change rooms on coach trips, we had, you know, you know, boyish behaviour as well, and outrageous behaviour sometimes, and whatever else. And you've got to have that as well. You've got to have the funny moments along with the serious stuff that you do on the pitch to a certain extent. But we did have some some laughs on the coach and in the change rooms, and, and you know, as a team as well, which helped gel you together. I've heard a few stories, including like police centering the coaches. For certain games, looking for, um, I think it was Mr. Richardson. Any other stories? You, yeah. Any other stories you're willing to share? Well, there's, you know, it's you've got to be careful. Um, <laughs> but um, the the Wimbledon game, there was I, I forget we played in the first game, but I wore a, a piece of clothing, an item of clothing, and um, the lads loved it. And then they said we won, and they said right you've got to wear that next game. And it was like just a throwaway one. So I come up the next game and I wore the item of clothing again. And then from that moment, we just, I just had to wear every single cup game um, right through to the Wimbledon game. And then um, when we lost, I remember coming out of the ground on a coach, there was ashtrays in them days on the tables and uh, the item of clothing was put in the ashtray and then burnt. And that was, that was the end of that. But um, yeah, there was, there was, yeah, there was, Funny moments as well, yeah, yeah. Is uh, said item of clothing? Are you happy to reveal what it is, or was it too dodgy? Um, I don't, uh, yeah, I could reveal. It was a pair of knickers. My uh, <laughs> pair of knickers uh, I borrowed off uh, someone, so that was that was the uh, the item of clothing. Yeah, and um, the other thing was they didn't get washed as well. I couldn't wash them until we actually, you know, after the Wimbledon round. But there weren't no point washing them. It was like a. Uh, uh, set on fire in, in the back of the coach and that was it now it's another big game during that period um, not a competitive game but Red Star Belgrade who obviously at the time were one of the top top sides in in European football Talk us through Red Star and and what that was like to play in to play in that game and against players of that calibre. Yeah, we. I mean, it, I think it was played on a Sunday. I'm sure it was played on a Sunday, and so we had a game the day before, which might have been. It was Hungerford in the Vars. Hungerford, 
And that hunger for result was a great result as well. I think Jim Cameron might have been making inroads with that team as well. Um, and they was getting a, a good name. Uh, to go across them and beat them 1-0 was just, you know, elation. I mean, we come out away from there. And again, you just think something's going to happen here. Um, but to go there on the Sunday and then... I don't know how many was there, but it was just packed out, packed out right away around the ground. You just couldn't believe how many people were there. I mean, Brian used to work at Chelsea's training ground um, over by the airport. So we actually yeah. got the, yeah, the yellow and green kit with the Chelsea logo on. So we played in that kit on the day as well. And that made a little bit of a change. It gave you a little bit of a spur as well. Um, but just, yeah, you just, after the game Saturday, because that was a tough game, um, but once the game started, and you just tried to give your all on that one as well. But yeah, a great occasion, the Sunday, wherever it was, morning or lunchtime kickoff, and um, yeah, just unbelievable the, the the amount of the amount that turned up to watch. Yeah, yeah, I heard massive crowd, massive crowd. Now, back in that um, that period of the, I guess, late seventies, early eighties, you had a you had a trial with Newcastle United. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. How did how did that come about, and like, what was that experience like, and and what stopped them in the end from offering you a contract? Um, it's a strange one actually. My dad was uh, a chief engineer at a hotel, and then the southern rep scout was was staying there, and he just said, "Look, my son plays. I think I might have been at somewhere like Amersham Town at the time with uh, Bob Higgins. He he was manager there, and he started to recruit." Uh, young players to go down there um, and so I he, he got a list of fixtures come and watch me and then yeah arranged a, a two week trial so I, I went up there by train um, stayed in digs in, in Jesmond uh, Colin Suggett was the ex-Newcastle player he was the reserve team manager um, and yeah just walking past the ground each day to get on a bus to go training uh, again it was a good experience but what they said was is that for me to travel there, then I needed to be better than um, players that were in that position, that age and in that position. And, you know, I might have been on par, but, you know, not enough to, to edge them edge them out. So that was that was the way it was left, yeah. But um, massive club, yeah, massive club. I mean, I can remember going training each day and you would just see, it wasn't like London, you would just see play, uh, people with Newcastle shirts on kind of work. And you just, I was just like gobsmacked. It was just totally different to... You know what you see down down in London, yeah. Because they are just the the only team in that in that city. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And just what an experience that, right? As you say, I mean, you even like a two week trial. Probably for your game, you must have learned a hell of a lot just in those two weeks, which you know would have stood you in good stead. Yeah, I mean, full time training. I mean, if you're training every day, that just makes a, a massive difference. You're using the ball every day. Your fitness levels go up. Um, I mean, it's not all ball work. I mean, you, your running is, is in there as well. I mean, I had some trials with other clubs as well. And um, you know the level then, not just on your on your ability, but on your fitness. I mean, it's not all about uh, your ability. It's about can you run and can you get up the front and can you handle, uh, you know, the, the runs that they put on. And, um, you know, the doggies and whatever else, yeah, you've got, you've got to be a fit boy. Well, they often say that, don't they? You know, it, when you look at football... It is a fine line, and a lot of that difference is full-time training. I mean, when it comes to actual natural ability, there's so much natural ability in players in non-league football, and the major difference is just the fact that the pros are training every single day. Yeah, yeah, it, it can be, yeah. I mean, I, I was with Bobby Gins at Brentford and Southampton, and so he was getting training there as well. Um, and then I had a, I, I signed for as a youth boy, um, signed for Slough Boys Club and Keith White was in that team and he was signed with Chelsea and then his brother I was only there for you know a few games before his brother said do you ever put your fancy a trial at Chelsea so I said yeah went down there and again Butch Wilkins was around the fringes trying to get on the pitch in this trial game um, and straight away you you got to up your fitness levels you got to up your sharpness in these games um, I don't know if you're aware I also went down to Bournemouth pre the, the Bournemouth game. No, I um, didn't know that. When Dave, yeah, when Dave Webb was manager. And yep. um, he, he fancied Chris Yates, but Chris decided not to, to go there. Um, but he gave me a, a two-week trial. So I went yeah down to Bournemouth and went in digs there. 
Um, but again, you know, they had the training ground was just outside the stadium where it is now, but obviously not as as modern as it was. But uh, yeah, it was training. And then we go to the New Forest, and there was these like cross runs where you'd have to run down one, come back and run back another, and in like a cross shape. And you would do two or three of those. And again, you you know, you've got to. You can't be. You don't want to be the last one coming back, and it's just a challenge. And to say if you're doing that regular, your pre-season would be, you know, a lot stiffer as well. And um, yeah, your fitness levels will go up, which means your sharpness goes up. Using the ball every day, your touch. Um, if you can get that one contract, you are going to improve. It's as simple as that. But yeah, you just got to try and get that one contract. Yeah. And did those trials kind of give you more motivation? to keep going hoping that kind of as you say that successful trial would come yeah i think you still hope that that one chance will come along um but you're still playing because you love the game um you're still playing because you want to get out and if you know being at windsor um if you're getting success as well it's not the be all and end all that you want to try and make as a pro you're just going out there i mean reading were interested a few times i think because of the amount of success we had I think Reading come down, you would hear that Reading scouts were here today and they was just checking up just to see what was going on down here. And sometimes you thought maybe the brand of football that we was playing weren't suited to them, but what they needed, you know, like any scout, he will look and think, what can we do with that, you know, that lad, whichever position and see if they take a chance on you, yeah. Now, coming back to Windsor, at the end of that kind of 80-81 season, the side broke up with a lot of people going off to Woking. Was that a difficult decision for you? Um, it was, yeah. I mean, it, it was a, a really bizarre night, I think, when it first happened. I mean, we'd done the double, um, and then there was a whisper going around that Colin, uh, Brian and Colin might be going to, to Woking, and I think in the end they had to say it. And you had the elation of doing the double and then supporters in the in the bar crying their eyes out and coming up to you, you know, and you were just sort of standing there after winning the double and then you have sports coming up to you, are you going? And like, you're saying, I don't, you know, I don't know, you know, you're seeing what happens. And it was just a mix of emotions uh, on, on that night. But supporters were really taking it bad. Yeah, they used grown men crying in front of you and it was like really hard one to take. But um I mean, on that, they was Ishmael Premier, and that was a massive jump. Mm, totally. Um, yeah, but you, I think the way it panned out was obviously pre-season. So you was, we was invited down to go and look at the ground. And then as soon as you walk through the pitch, the stadium, you know, the surface. I mean, Windsor was a hard pitch to play on as well. I mean, you know, you're talking about fitness, but sometimes you have to dig that ball out. So that was a massive um, thing that you looked at. Um, and yeah, so I, I was one that went across and I, I played the full season. I mean, it was it was such a strange thing. At Christmas, we was doing really well. We was well placed. They cut the budget. And then from that, um, it just started to go down and players started to leave. And Brian, you know, he had to replace on, on a lower budget. And it was, it was, I felt, you know, it was a, it was a bad time then. Yeah. Was that, did, did it make it when you're talking about the emotions of, of people when you left Windsor, did it did that make it slightly easier to to then return to Windsor? Um, yeah, because them supporters were diehards and they would you know go to near enough every game. Um, but when you had so much success that there, um, you you just felt a connection that that you could go back go back. Well, I, you know you don't know if you was going back or whatever else. But when I did go back you just you know, hopefully just started up where you where you left off and, that and um yeah it's it was it was a it was a nice club i mean i liked you know when i left that, that, that it was a tough decision because i loved i loved the club yeah yeah now on your return there was the success did come you know came back straight away um with some incredible success under jeff um and more big fa cup games with i guess the biggest being bournemouth but before Bournemouth, talk through the Burton Albion game. That's that's a game I love talking to the ex-players about. What was Burton like in your eyes? Um, yeah, Burton again. Um, Travelling up there, um, it was a challenge. You, you, we fancied our chances, um, and we was in the game. 
Um, a big crowd again, hated. You know, they hated us, Southerners. They, uh, you know, got loads of abuse from the moment you went out there. Um, and, and yeah, I, I scored, and so that lives with me forever. Um, I think Yatesy was, was on the left, and he, he had a strike, and it went across the goal and hit the post right at the base of the post, and it come fizzing out into my direction like a V-shape. And nine times out of ten, you probably take a touch and then look to strike or cross. But yeah. as it comes to me, I just instep and I just hit it. And it was true and it was parallel to the ground. And by the time it, it went to the goal, the goalkeeper was off him diving. He got gloved to it, but it went inside and, and he went in the net as well. And um, yeah, it was a great strike. You know, you, you don't always hit them like that. And it was a great strike. And um, yeah, just ran off and celebrated. Um, but it was a, a hot pot there. Um, I mean, Ross was a massive incident with, with the breaking of the leg. You had the crack and whatever else. Um, so you had to carry on with that. Ross come back out, shaken, but he, you know, Ross was like that. He was, he was as hard as they come. I'm fair as well, though. He wasn't a nasty player. He was a fair player. Um, and then Trevor going through the middle and slotting home just sent us wild. But then when you've when you've got that goal, you've got to compose yourself. And then we just was bombarded for I, I don't know how long, but you just defending, clearing, tackling, shutting down. And it was you know it wasn't football; it was just um, just trying to see the game out. And um, and good sides can do that. And um, you know kept out a good game in goal, pulling off you know the, the, the saves or whatever else. Um, but it was just a defensive performance once we we got that other goal once Trevor. Uh, scored that goal and then afterwards it was um you know trouble on the coach they was trying to smash the coach up and just i think the police said you've got to get out of here and so it was just getting on there as quick as possible and and getting out of the burton album but i mean neil warnock was manager and then he obviously went on to massive um success with you know a host of teams and so that's the sort of caliber of manager you was up against as well so it was a yeah it was a tremendous day a tremendous night yeah it must just be when you have those hostile crowds, no better feeling to come out of it with a win. No better feeling. It makes it, yeah, it makes it better. Yeah, yeah, it makes it better because you you haven't just played the game, you've played the supporters, you've played the town. Um, and there's no shame in saying that we, um, I'm not saying that we didn't play well, but we done the job. And sometimes you can do a job, and you can you can you can um, have as much. Um, admiration for that as you would do by beating a side 5-0 you know you've come through it and um, yeah I mean getting off the pitch was was a was a nightmare it was you just had to get off you just had to get off the pitch yeah now the next round of course of Bournemouth where were you when you heard the draw that we could potentially play Manchester United in the next round well our game was called off through the because of the pitch so I was um John Richardson, you know, I was good friends with John. So we went down to um, Hayes Football Club to watch them. And then uh, the draw in those days was on the radio. Um, so it was one of those where my girlfriend was with me. So we went out to the car, um, turned the radio on. And when that came out, Man United, um, and John was a Man United supporter. That was the, the funny thing. So I runs back into the clubhouse, but he, I think they had it on in some, some uh, one part of the bar and he knew already and I could just tell by his face that he was shocked because he wasn't playing with us at that time. And, um, you know, he just couldn't believe that, you know, you, you'd get Man United in the next round if you beat Bournemouth. Um, but yeah, I was on the, uh, listened to it on the radio, in the car, um, and that's how it was in, in those days, yeah, back in the 80s. And what were your memories on the Bournemouth game? Um... It wasn't the best of games. Um, the first one was a bit, you know, stalemate. But I think we had a couple of chances where we could have just nicked a one nil. Um, and then the the away game, they made a change. I think I don't know who, who the guy was left side, a, a winger, and he just stayed wing, uh, stayed wide. Um, John was marking him, but he had quality. I mean, he just sort of get half a yard and put a cross in, half a yard to get across it, and he was causing us a lot of problems there. Um, but I near enough cried, I think, after the game. I come in and I got booked early on. Um, and it wasn't a, a, a bad tackle, but the ref gave me a, a yellow after probably about five to ten minutes. And that 
you know, changes your game slightly, but you still got to run and shut down and whatever. But um, second half, I hardly saw the ball. And, um, and I, if I didn't have a good game, I'd be, after a game, I'd be the worst person to, to, to be with because I just had to get it out of my system and, um, you know, give me an hour or so and I'd be overthinking, not overthinking it, but, to, you know, looking at the game. And then um, I'd come out of it and then sort of start to loosen up. But if I had a bad game, I was probably the worst person to be with, to be honest. I remember Alf coming sitting next to me in the changing room and saying that, that, you know, it doesn't matter. And I just said to him, it does get away from me. You know, I just didn't want to talk about it. Didn't want, but that's, that was, you know, that's, that was a bit of my sort of personality anyway. And a winning mentality, right? What myself? Yeah. You know, the fact that you, that you obviously and all the team as well, but you know, you, you guys obviously all had that big winning mentality that as you say, when you do get beat, you know, it's inevitable that you could, you feel like that. Yeah, yeah, you you got to take things to heart. Um, I'm not saying smashing things up and whatever else, but you got to take it to heart. You got to look at yourself first of all, and you know what you've done. And then if not, I mean, when we played, I mean, me and John, I had a good relationship with John Mitchell on there, and we would look at the left hand players, you know, whether it be Gary Edwards, Gary Woodcraft, who was on the left, might be Gary Uxley, or um, you know, whoever was on the left hand side, and we would. Um, compare ourselves how many goals are they letting so far during the season how many crosses are they getting and um without telling them and letting them know but we would say just make sure we don't get you know less crosses on our side less goals uh, are made from our side and i think if you do that all around the pitch then that is something that you you've got those little twos those little partnerships that go some way to for a success as well you start with yourself then with John, we spoke about it. Sometimes in the game, he'd say to me, you just need to hold him for five minutes. I'd go in, shut down first for him. He might come through and then win the tackle afterwards. But you knew I didn't mind doing that because you knew that you was helping him out because you, you're doing it for the team, yeah. I was going to ask that, like how, and you've kind of just answered it, but like how, how important for you was that partnership with you and John? Because from what I hear, you know, you two, the, you two knew each other's games absolutely inside out. Like, how important is that for you know when you're playing up wide on the right with your right back behind you, just having that relationship? Yeah, John, I trusted him. I knew that John could have played further up the pitch, so he had a lot more skill for a right back. Um, but he chose to go back there. I think he was a centre forward at one stage, but he chose to go right back. And right back, I played right, right back later on in my career. And right back is the best position. You get the ball, everything's in front of you. If you read the game correctly, you've got a bit of a recovery and you can pass the ball. It is probably the best player, the best you know position on the pitch. And if sometimes you haven't got to do too much just to get get through a game, but other times you've got to, you know, if you're on top, then you've got to um, you know, work a bit more on your defending, your recovery runs and else. But I knew John, he knew me. Um, and you talk, you know, you can just, if you're talking during the game as well, he was a, he was an intelligent footballer as well. Um, yeah, I had, I had a, a great time playing with John Mitchell. Yeah. Very good. Now at the end of that season, Jeff, at the end of that Bournemouth season, Jeff, um, uh, left or at the beginning of the following season, I should say, um, and Alf took over. How disappointing was that, you know, Jeff moving on? Like did, did a number of you think that that might be the end of the year, end of an era? Um, it was, but I, I missed, I, I don't know if you know, I, when I played in South Africa, um, when I was at Woking, uh, towards the end of the season, a guy called Morris Hepworth right. joined and, and, um, out of the blue, he just said to me, have you ever fancied playing abroad? And I said, where? And he said, South Africa. And he'd been out playing out there for eight years or whatever. And he'd just come back. And so I said, yeah. And then set up a meeting with the chairman. He was flying over. So I went out there. Um, um, unfortunately, I, I broke a bone in my foot and tore my ankle ligaments in the first game. So that put me on the back foot and it was you know, on crutches for a couple of weeks and then plaster. Yeah. Um, and so I stepped away from Windsor. I, I went to Woking, but I stepped away because I went to South Africa and then I come back in the December when the season finished. I went out there in the May, uh, come back in December, the season finished. It started again in the January, February. Um, and then I signed for Slough because Terry Reardon phoned up. Alan Paris had just been signed 
by Knox County and he needed a midfield player. So I come back, got the call, went down and met him, and then I um, signed for Slough. And that went terrible because I was I was unfit um, where I had the injury. Um, and I don't know if you know as well, my dad uh, died um, in the April of the 83, uh, 6th of April, 83. And right. that really put me, knocked me sideways. You know, it was, it was sudden. He was 45, yeah, yeah. He, it was sudden. Um, and that was hard to get back in, not just for football, but, you know, just living as well. And that, so that, that, that knocked me back. And then I had a, um, I had a knee operation for over a year. My knee would lock. And so Jim, there was a Jim, Jim Langer, who was at the Aldershot Military Hospital. I would get treatment when I was at Windsor beforehand. And so I was seeing specialists. And then Jim just said, look, come down. We're doing exploratory. Open it up, scalpel in those days. And they found a flowing bit of bone and uh, tied the ligaments up. And so I um, done my rehab. I'd get co- uh, trains down there. I'd done my rehab at the military hospital and the canals around there running. Jim would come out running with me. And I really got myself fit then after the South Africa and my dad, I just really got into the rehab, you know, and done the right things, listened to him. And I was one of those players as well that it's not probably the right thing to say, but if I had an injury, I quite enjoyed the, as soon as you had the op or whatever else, I quite enjoyed that rehab. I, you know, I listened to your, the, what, what they were saying about your body, the way it worked. And so I, yeah, I really got myself fit. And then I come back um, to Windsor at the start of that season, the next season. And so I was there with Jeff, yeah, and then Alf. Um, I think looking back, the only thing was that Alf controlled the team. Jeff managed. He'd say, you know, things before the game, half-time. You know, he knew his game. He was an intelligent footballer. I played with Jeff as well when he came there in centre midfield. And he, he was um, technically really good. A really good pass for the ball, but Alf was the one that would gel it together. And even when Alf was quite black and white, you either do things his way, and it wasn't that you weren't a good player. It was like you do things my way. If not, you're not for me. And then it was as, as black and white as that. So you had to listen to him. So when he took over, I don't think the the change was as bad as it could have been um, yeah. because he he was controlling the the, the, the team a lot in a way. I mean, sometimes you you come in. And you might have won three, four nil, and then he'd sit down to me and he'd go, um, "You passed the ball inside." So I said, "Yeah, I only done it once because that." He said, "No, you passed the ball inside." And I said, "Yeah, but Alf, I only done." He said, "Don't do it," and you, you not argue, but you say, "Yeah, but," and he say, "Don't do it." And so he just had a way of working so that you got the ball. He wanted me to play forward. He wanted me to run with the ball, cross, and that's what he wanted for you. And if you played the ball inside, he saw that as a danger ball. And I'm just talking about what he would say to me. But if you you're the sort of manager coach that goes around and puts that instills that in each player, then you that's the way you possibly get a team that works the mm. way he wants it to, if you know what I mean. Yeah, totally. Totally. And one of the successes under Alf was the FA Cup run which saw us play Gillingham, which a number of people have said, you know, we we was possibly the one game people thought we could have won that one. Yeah, I I missed that one. I come back and um, again I don't know if you know but my a year later uh, my younger brother he was 19 he died and so I had oh. like another setback and devastation you know two deaths in, in just a year and so I was a little bit missing um, I'm not sure if I was injured or with the journey going but I know I wasn't involved but, but it was a tough I was going through a tough period um, and it's it's hard to get yourself on the pitch, but you know because supporters don't understand and whatever else. But yeah, you've got to do it. You've got to get out there and you've got to carry on. And if you have a bad game, you can't blame it on other side things outside. It's, it's yeah, what happens on the pitch is what you're judged on, and that. So yeah, um, I didn't have the Julian game. I think they had. I think Windsor while I was in Africa um, might have had the Brentford or yeah. yeah. Yeah, someone talking was it, was it talking or not? I don't know. But no, Brentford, talking yeah, was, so year I, 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 was a year, year after under Laurie. Yeah, I I sort of missed those games. So mine was sort of Wimbledon, but the Gillingham. I say I was um, 
yeah, I had you know the other issues, but I was I think I was injured for that game as well, to be honest. Did you find when you were going through that obviously really extremely difficult period? Did you find in the end that football kind of helped in terms of giving you some focus to try and you know take your mind off of all the other horrible stuff? Yeah, for definite. I mean, um, my dad would sort of come to the games as well. My mum and dad, my older brother, my my older brother was he come down to watch a few games. Ended up being a, a regular supporter home and away. Yeah, my younger brother would come as well, my sister. So it weren't just me. It was, you know, my family would be there. Sometimes to the extent where I'd think, you know, other players wouldn't have their family there and you'd think, oh, it'd be nice sometimes if they weren't there. But they backed me. They, you know, supported me. And so when those sort of things happen, um, Windsor um, was a home. That's the thing. It was comfort. And so when I did go back and then with my brother, then I was back there. And so it was... Um, yeah, you missed a couple of games, but you you had to get back in the training and and you know with the players that and that you know they supported me and whatever else. Uh, you know it, it was hard, but yeah, for definite. Without football, um, it would have been harder because you're releasing some of that anger and that sh- you know the stress that you're under. Um, but yeah, for definite, Windsor helped me get back into you know sort of playing again, yeah, and getting on that pitch and, and enjoying the football again, yeah. Now, in total, like you, you, you talk there about like Windsor really feeling like home. I mean, obviously on and off because you had various different spells. But, you know, in total, you're at the club from, was it late 70s, 1977, all the way through to, I remember you coming back in the 95, 96 season. Like, what made what made Windsor so special for you? Um, well, just without repeating, just all those um, talents you got to have, um, the club, but I think because it wasn't a a big club and um, we made it a bigger club than it was, um, and I mean that in the in the nicest possible way. Mm. Um, it it, um, it just it just it, I don't know. It's hard to put your finger on it, but you just felt it was going to happen there. You know, every time you went out, every time you you played, you could win. If not, you'd get back on, and and it was just you know whatever cup games rolling in and if you're winning leagues as well I mean to win any league at any level I think is success whether it's Premier or whether it's down on a, on a Sunday morning oh, um, but definitely. to win a league yeah to win a league is something you've got to be proud of as well and if you're winning leagues and getting promotion that's telling you you're a good team and then if you rise from Athenian League and I know I was away and back and where I was playing other clubs but you you come back and then you go up to um, up to Premier Ishmael Premier um, that's a remarkable rise as well, um, and then all the you know the cup runs um, and the leagues on the way. Um, it's got to just be, you know, it's got to be enjoyable as well for all everything there. But a lot of hard work. I mean, you know, you just think of all the times you're training there and that it was hard work. But um, yeah, it was it was special. It was a special place. Yeah. You mentioned the FA Cup there. When you look back at those FA Cup games, all those different FA Cup games we played. What was your favourite? Um, I, I I have to sit down with you know with with the fixtures I think and the book and and just go through. You're not talking about just about the pro clubs. You're talking about the the actual games round yeah, by totally. round. Yeah, I remember others were yeah. talking like that two in game, for example. And um, yeah, there's been a, a a lot of the guys have said all kinds of different games, not necessarily just the the Bournemouth, for example. Yeah. No, certainly definitely stands out with me. Um, um, it was the first time we get we went there to play as well, so you're going into a new ground. Um, yeah, it was the Tottenham Mitchum was a was a I think a turning point where you thought yeah something's happening here and that. But um, the other thing as well, if you've had a cup run, then you can't wait for the FA Cup to come again, or you can't wait for the Vars to come round again. Um, you know, the, the following season to see if you can better it and that. And I think sides that then did draw us would um, obviously think, oh, hello, we're in for a proper game here today. Now, listen, in that final season when you came back at Windsor, 95-96, 
we had that famous FA Vars win at Folkestone when we were 4-1 down with 10 minutes left. What do you remember about that? And you scored in that. Yeah, I came back and Alan Davis was, was manager. And um, I can't remember what period it was, but I come back, whether I was playing reserves and just helping him out. And it was that was the gentleman's agreement. Um, and if he was a bit short, then obviously going in, I had a bit of experience. So I could go in, I could go in sort of several positions as well. Um, yeah, so it was the second game and went down there. Um, and he just said, it's like the old cliche, I think, you know, go on and see if you can get me the winner. Um, and sometimes it does happen. Um, we got a corner on the right side. Um, I was sort of middle of the goal penalty spot there. It was a crowded box and the ball came in really low and I just made a, a straight run and it come through our players, their players, whatever players were trying to get a touch on it. And I just put my leg out and it come off my shin and just went into the back of the net. And um, you don't care how they go in sometimes. <laughs> you, uh, that was it. I mean, I was off running around. Um, and Alan Davis just kept looking at me. I remember being in the change room and then on the coach. And he, he kept smiling. He just said, Kevin Hill. He, you know, and he, he couldn't take the smile off his face. Um, but for me, to go back... Um, I think I was something like 37, um, and that's my that was my final game and my last goal for the club. And to finish, you know, first thing anyway, to finish um, like that was like a a dream come true. Yeah, and I think the headlines was there was a loss on one side of the page, and then on the other side it was Hill something, and um, it was like the two ends of the football success and failure for a league game or whatever else. But um, yeah, incredible, incredible night, and I forget how many goals were scored in the in the games, but it was a huge amount. And they was a good team as well. They 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 was a good team, and it was um yeah, it was a tough game. Yeah, but I weren't on the pitch that long. But um yeah, grab it while you. Can. It while you were you can. there for the most important bit. You were there for the most important yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. Now staying on the Vars, am I right in saying that you're in the Yedin squad that got to the Vars final, or have I got that wrong? No, I was. I um, trying to think. I left. Um, trying to think which club I went from. But um, yeah, Gordon Bartlett was manager. In actual fact, the season before, I went there towards the end of the season. And he wasn't manager. I think it might have been Phil Darren. In actual fact, he was like caretaker manager. And then Gordon come in the following season. Um, and yeah, he brought a lot of players that had Vars experience. Um, he was one of those sort of managers that would add week weekly you know bring players in and release players um and we yeah before the season there's like a lot of clubs you sign um if you play x amount of league games and x amount in the vars and x amount in whatever you get your your win bonuses and whatever else and so i fell out with gordon um some part during the season and to the extent where he, he sort of cold shouldered um it gradually warmed up as season went on but um, I fell out with him and the nearer we got to Wembley I was not in the, the starting squads um, and so from being um, quarter-finalists and then semi-finalists I played for Chertsey as well and we got through to the quarter-final but, but to get through to Wembley was um, was good in one way the old Wembley but um, travelling on that coach and going to the game was oh, I mean you know Wickham was one but that's another one where I was just so upset you know really upset and um but to be fair to Golden as well you know we all had suits and whatever else made in the photos so I'm still part of the squad because I played my part in in the in all the fixtures um got in the change rooms and he chucked a kit at me and he said look Billy said get on the pitch have a warm-up um not just me a couple of us that weren't involved on the day and um, yeah, got out there. That photo's done. And so, to be fair to him, he, he you know he done well on that front because um, worst thing would have been to just sit in the stand anyway. So I managed to get on the on the pitch and do a warm up out there, have a shower, and come out. But yeah, but the coach journey, the night before, and the coach journey, terrible time. Yeah, to look back and it's just like one of the the, the moments where you just you ache inside. Um, Wickham was one. That was another. But we we done the travel. That year, we had a, a good successful team. We won the London Senior Cup. Uh, we won the league title, um, Ishmael League title, and then we um, won the Vars as well after replay at Ellen Road. 
because it was nil nil in the first game. Yeah. Now, listen. Post your playing days, you moved into management, where you managed and assisted, and also assisted some pretty big clubs like Slough and Woking and Hayes. Was management something you always wanted to go into? Never. No, I never ever thought about it. Never ever, um, you know, at a younger age, thought that I wanted to do something like that. Um, I was the sort of player um, that would analyse after the game, you know, things on the bar, moving things around, talking about it. Loved it. I loved all all that, but didn't ever think that I would go into coaching. Um, but I was quite critical of managers as well and coaches. You know, not to the extent where you know over the top, but if they got things wrong, I was critical. And I don't know why. I just decided um, to take a badge, and I can't remember what age or whatever it is. Obviously, it was after thirty years of age. I decided to take a badge to see what it was all about, and. Um, I've done my prelim. Uh, Jim Kelman was in charge of it. Andy Ritchie was assisting him. And from the moment he said to me, this is your topic, go out there, I just I just felt on fire. I mean, my body just came alive. And, I, you know, I was controlling the sessions and whatever else. And on my, I think you had 20 minutes each one, but on my one, Jim walked off. And I kept looking around thinking, where's he going? And he just walked off to Andy Ritchie's session that he was doing on the other side. And um, then Andy come walking around and I can only think that he said, you need to go and have a look at this this kid. And um, when we got the marks afterwards, I got 100%. And it was um, it was embarrassing, you know what I mean? Because everyone was saying, oh, what did you get? What did you get? And it was like 86 and this and that. And I had this 100 and it was like 100. And I, not that I didn't want to say it, but you just felt And then that word started to go around. But I was like, I don't know why I was embarrassed, but it was just... But so as soon as I, from the first moment I went on that pitch, I just thought, God, this is for me. And um, and that was it. I I just couldn't get enough of it, yeah. Was win, was the reserve team job at Windsor your first um, appointment? I went there. I think I might have been playing and someone like Mark Dreeland was manager. Um, mm. um, and I was like assisting him. And he just out of the blue, it was coming toward the end of the season, he just out of the blue said he's packing in. And I was like, no, don't, because he was doing all the organising. And I was not begging him, but I was saying, Ma, don't just walk away. And he was saying, saying, I want you to have it, I want you to have it. And I was saying, no, you, you know, I want you to stay. But he was adamant. He said he'd been doing it too long and blah, blah, blah. So he left. And so that, I took that over and I loved it. Yeah, I um, had some success, you know, the way he was playing. Because a lot of it's young young boys that you're, yeah. you're, talk, you're, you're talking to. And I just used to get really good feedback from them. And, and when you start to get, um, you know, youngsters saying they enjoy playing for you, it just gives you a spur on that you, you're you doing the right thing and you're talking to them in the right way. And um, when you, I, I think it's one of those, well, when I started to do it, I just didn't realise how much knowledge that I had inside here of each game you've played, listening to managers, and, and you've got to have that knowledge freely available. That if someone says something, you've got to reply straight away. And if you want something like that, and I watched the way Alpha and whatever else, you've got to be black and white, make it as simple as possible. And I just love that side of it as well. I love the directing, I love the planning beforehand, and then um, your, your sessions, but before the match, you know, planning all those. And um, from what I remember, Alf said to me, because he was first team manager, and he said, Look, at the end of the season, with the reserves are folding. And um, we're going to take that budget and then we're going to put that into the first team squad so they can get a few more players. And I said, OK, then if that's what it is, he said, he's sorry about it. He said, but sometimes you've got to lead, lead with your head and not your heart. He said, and so I'm leading with the head and he said, and that's the way, you know, that's the way the club's going to go forward. So, yeah, I went to, I got a call from Burnham, Colin Barnes, went across there and and the reserves there and um, enjoyed it. Colin Barnes was a good boy. Uh, he was a football man, goalkeeper, ex-goalkeeper, and he was a good person to work for. He was similar to Brian, do anything for you, anything you needed and try to help you out. And then towards the end of that season, he said, look, um, we've watched what you do. We want you to be part of the first team. But then at the end of the season, whether he got sacked or whether he moved on, I don't know. And he went, Barry Gould come in. Then Barry, um, I was like player for the reserves then I'd have to help him out because he was a bit short 
Um, and then I ended up first team manager there. Um, and then at the end of the season, that was it. I finished there. And then um, I might have gone back to Windsor after that just to keep myself ticking over. I think that's when I went back there. It might have been. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's, it's difficult to get your, your years in that. Um, and then Brian McDermott got the job. Laurie Craker and Dave Russell uh, exited Slough. And so then Brian phoned up, met him, had a meal with him, said that he liked me to do the reserves. Went down there, enjoyed it. You know, you had quality players, youngsters again. Lloyd Russell was one of those in there that went on to play for Brentford. Um, yeah, so that was slightly easier because you had quality players and if you've got a couple of first-team players down at a conference, then that makes it a little bit unbalanced of the teams you're playing against, but you still got to beat what's in front of you. Um, and then there was a change. He is assistant. Um, they was on a bad spell, and so Brian started company with his assistant, and then he said, look, I want you to step up with the first team, and that was it, and we went on like a 14-game unbeaten run. Um, we had a great season. Um, Cardiff in the FA Cup, we finished fifth in the conference, which is like unbelievable for a, for Slough. Mm-hmm. Um, we got through to the semi-final, the FA Trophy, and was really unlucky not to get to the final there. And um, yeah, it was a great season. We lost to Southport. It was a great season. But at the end of it, it's just strange how um, sometimes it's off the pitch that messes things up. But the uh, the, the chairman, he had a heart attack. And he was hospital, and I think it was, you know, there's no way he was going to come back. And so the son, Byron, just said he's pulling all the money, and that's when we got the sack, and we had to sell all the players. Brian had to sell all the players, get them off to other clubs, and whatever. We sold Lloyd to Brentford. Gary Abbott had to go with that, and just really sort of then Slough got relegated like five leagues or whatever else in that, yeah. But then I remember um, that. I remember that. Um, well, yes, yeah. something like. I don't know, Slough had to get X, all they had to do was get X number of seats put in or something, and then they, the guy just refused to do it. And then, he wouldn't do it. Yeah. He wouldn't do it. Um, it was a turnstile, I think, at one side of the ground, um, a few extra seats, a bit of covering on the stand or whatever. Um, but he just refused. He said, my dad's paid as... But he's dead. Um, it was his life. He he had you know a bit of spare cash, and that was what he liked. I mean, he was a football man. He was ex-Millwall. Uh, mm. on the board there and it was something that he really enjoyed but so he, he took it away said no I'm not doing it he said that's it I'm not putting a penny in there and that was it he just pulled the plug on everything yeah sad day sad day because finishing fifth the next season um, you just thought you know like everything but again getting so close to Wembley another semi-final it's tri- and that was the trophy this time not the Mars um yeah, and we had some great games in that run as well. Um, again, if you go away and win and get that result, you know, just good memories on the way coming back. And some really good players as well. Gary Brazil, ex-Fulham, and Gary Abbott, you know, top-class striker. Um, yeah, just, just the quality at that level. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's different, yeah. yeah. When you look back, do you, do you miss playing and managing and, and or managing? Um. Yeah, you do, but you know it's um, yeah, you know, you know, we went on to Woking as well. After that, I yeah, then I went into Reading Academy, Brentford Centre of Excellence for five years, Hayes, and then Wickham. And if you add all that time up, it's probably I think it was close to like four years that I did it from a, from a young lad as fifteen. Mm-hmm, yeah. And you think about week training. But when you're going to coaching, then I was doing dual jobs sometimes at Hayes and Brentford. So that was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, also holding down a full-time job. And then you got a game on a Saturday and then Brentford on a Sunday. And um, when you're so that committed and you're working that much and you're getting paid, for, <laughs> you're getting paid for something that you love anyway. Um, but yeah, 40 years and you just got to be fair to, your, to my wife and that as well, because she would come to all my games. She would bring the kids. So it weren't just me going out. She yeah. loved coming and watch me play. And then she, she loved, you know, any team that I was managing or coaching as well. She would be there supporting me and that. But I think sometimes it happens and you just think I'll have a break. And if you have a break, um, that can sometimes be the end of it. But um, I do miss it. You do miss playing. It's the best part. I tell you, when I went into coaching, I loved it as much as, um, I don't think people say that, but I did love it as much as, as playing. It was, I really got a good kick out of it, yeah. 
Right now, listen, I'm going to close with some quick fire questions. Um, and when I say this to people, I say they're quick fire, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be uh, easy questions. So first question, um, who is the best player you played with at Windsor? Um, well, I always look at um, goal scorers because I think they change games. And, you know, and we all know that they earn the most money. So for me, um, Chris Yates um, up there. I mean, I, I played with Chris and I'd be, I always wanted the ball and I'd be going, Yatesy, Yatesy, put, play me and play. And then he would just turn and put a ball in the top of the net. I'd go, well done, Yatesy. If he'd have missed, I'd have, been, <laughs> I'd have been on him. But he had that ability. Didn't look like a footballer, but I'll tell you what, he could finish. And I think um, just for the goals and um, all types of different goals as well. Um, so I'd probably say, probably say Chris on that one. Um, but I was a midfield player and so I held a centre midfield player in high regard and Laurie Craker when I played with him loved him tackled yeah. hard there and so if I had a good strong centre midfield player it spurred me on to tackle more and get around and help him out and, and you know hopefully you get the ball and then you can do a bit more on the flare but I loved having a, a centre midfield player so um, Laurie but I've also spoke about John and John at right back quality. I think he should have played higher. I think he could have played higher, but you know whether he got the breaks or whether and that I don't know. But yeah, Yates, Laurie, and uh, John Mitchell at Windsor. What about outside of Windsor? Who was the best player you played with outside of Windsor? Outside of Windsor, um, I had to give a bit of a bit of a thought on this one. Um, but Tim Bazaglo at Woking. Oh yeah, um, player. Small, small player could turn each way um, in an instant and just leave the player standing. He, he would have this knack of just turning inside, which was really unusual. But again, score goals running at speed, score goals first touch, uh, score goals from distance. It, just a relaxed player on the pitch, relaxed inside the 18-yard box. And that's probably what made him, and you know, the name he got on, on the goals that he scored. Um, but Tim was a top striker and he was not the biggest as well. And to be like that, at that size, um, you've got to be, you know, pretty special with that one. But yeah, Chris again on that one. Um, and Morris Hepworth, who I played at, woke him with centre midfield. Yeah, you know, a pro, big solid lad, good technique, good passing, got around the pitch, spoke, hunger, cajoling, and that made me want to join in and, and do that. So I just saw them centre midfield players. If I play with a good one, um, I, I love them. And then I, I don't know if you know, but I played vets football for Windsor for about yes. four years. Yes. And um, John Walk. Now, yeah, again, we all, we all got old. We're all keeping ourselves fit. But again, the class of John, you can see why he played at Liverpool and Scotland, um, Ipswich. I mean, just to play with that player was was great at that time in your life as well. And um, we had a we had a good side. We got through to the, I think the quarterfinals of the national cup. The final was at yeah. Wembley. Um, but yeah, John Walk, um, and a nice guy as well. Yeah, dry sense of humour. You know, put his work in. wasn't showboating and whatever else, but had the skills to do it. Yeah, so John Walk as well on that one in the vets. Love that. Love that. And what about um, the toughest opponent? Was there ever a, a left back? or midfielder um, that you always found was a was a tough opponent? Um, I always like to think that I gave the left-back a tough game. I mean, I um, if I was having a bad game, I would not pick a fight with the left-back, but I would have to get something going, and then it would snap me out with a lethargic game. And so I, you know... Just had to, I had that about me that I, I just needed to get something going with the left back on that. So, but you know, when you come up at the higher level, and this, these are probably pre season, um, Kenny Sampson, when we played Arsenal, yeah. um, at left back, solid, hard to get around him, used his upper body as well as his lower body. Um, he was a tough opponent. Um, and then I played against Chelsea for Woking and a, a defender called Dennis Rolfe. Um, yep. left back and he played at Leicester and he went to Chelsea and he was he, he I went in for a tackle with him and he winded me and I you know you didn't want to show it but I had to get up and I was having trouble breathing and I'll tell you he went in and he was fair 
mean, I'm not saying that, but went in for a tackle and he was fair and he was he was a strong lad, uh, Dennis Wolf. And then later on, I think we played um, Wimbledon and there was, I think his first name was Terry Phelan. Um, oh, yeah, and yeah, he yeah. was the first, first left back that broke forward and he just amazed me. I was like with him and I hadn't seen it before and he'd get the ball, play it, one, two round you and he was down the line and just athletic, different kind of left back. Um, up and down, fit, lean. Um, and so that was a tough one because you hoped that your team would get the ball back and then you would get it. But if they didn't, you should have to keep tracking back because he was going forward and causing the danger. Yeah, so I think Terry Freeland from Wimbledon as well. All right, final question. What was the best goal you scored? Um, from memory, um, probably plan for Woking against Croydon and... Um, the photographer actually captured it. I got a photo on my wall. Um, was a corner on the right side, and I was just outside the 18 yard box, just to the left. And the ball come across, and they cleared it header, and it come to me, and just thought I lit it first time. So on the buddy Ollie, just hit it, and it just went parallel, low into the back of the net, and it was captured on uh, by the photographer as well. So that one stands out. But for um, the occasion in the Burton goal as well, um, as I said, most other times you might take a touch, but I just hit it and hit it true, and it just went and put the goalkeeper in the back of the net as well, and that you know got us back in the game, and so that's another one there. Um, probably them too, yeah. Kevin, thank you so much. Um, really enjoyed this evening. Um, evening full of some brilliant memories. Absolutely loved it. No problem, Michael. Yeah, I've enjoyed doing it. I mean, I, you know, when you were saying before, I, I hope I wasn't being rude, but I sort of not to, you know, I respect my private life and that. But um, yeah, I just thought, yeah, probably it'd be nice to actually go back down uh, on, the, on the matches and whatever else and that. And yeah, you don't talk about it enough probably sometimes and that. But yeah, just going through and thinking about it. Um, it's been good. It's been good. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. And listen to everyone who's downloaded. Thank you very much. Um, and I look forward to bringing you a, another guest in a, in a few weeks' time.